0: Oh, but Brian, I really fucked up. I watched I watched another movie since this, so I have like three other movies I want to talk about more than this. Movie. <laughs> but, yeah, I what, what did you watch? Ah, uh, well, so I told Brian already. So after, right before this, I watched Bloodsport. I think right. You yep. knew that, yep. Andy. So Bloodsport rules. You you, you, um, you
1: want to talk more about a thirty five, almost forty year old movie than yeah Mission Impossible Five? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I talked to you guys, and you guys are pretty old. Oh, boom, <laughs> nailed <it. laughs>
2: That was <a> good burn. <laughs> it got but, like, I can't even it. can't even be bad about that one. Like got some liquor to it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be thinking about that one later. Like... I need some. I need some, I, need, I need some burn cream on that one. <laughs>
3: Welcome to another episode of Brian Guy and Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Lebick. Joining me for this episode are two people continuing their movie mission. Andy Stoles.
2: What's up, pop Papa po- Podcast,
3: people? And Ian Leidick.
0: Who am I? Ian Leidick. Ch- ch- check out my podcast, Boko No Wrestle Young Line, the number one podcast about Eastern Europeans wrestling actual fucking lions on kick.com the best streaming service of all time my co-host nikki chubbs and i break down all the action including weekly pound for pound rankings available on all podcast platforms so Ian he told me
3: before this he had two intros like locked and loaded and he said he ended up picking the worst one because I told
0: him to flip a coin. So, what was the better one? <laughs> no, that was... The, oh, no, no, no. What I said is... You said, oh, you should flip a coin. I was like, I would have said pick the good one. Like, you, that's oh. what your answer to me should have been. Yeah. So, wait. Was that, was that, that the good one? one? Or was, okay, yeah, that was the good, one. Was okay. the good one. The other right. one... The other one sucks, but it's related to Mission Impossible, so I'm gonna to have to use it. So. <laughs> well, we got what two more of these to go after this, and it's, so. and it's about your favorite Mission Impossible topic. Oh, it's gonna be the goods, isn't it? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll save it. We'll see what yeah, happens. That's fine.
3: That's fine. I'm expecting something about the goods later today, anyway. Uh, so That's we're one back of the to questions. Cont- yeah, no, not official. We're back to continue. Our Never seen that series for Mission Impossible. Uh so we are up to Mission Impossible Rogue Nation from 2015. We have one more already released movie, Mission Impossible Fallout's number six. Uh we're trying to do this every two months that will lead us up to Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning in July. Uh Which so is where seven. We're, uh Yeah, Dead Reckoning would be seven. Fallout okay. is six.
2: Yes. Yeah. This one is number five. It's called Rogue Nation. Okay.
3: Yes. So yeah, between now and, I guess we're in April, so I guess by the time we do uh, Fallout, it could probably most likely be sometime in June, and then the next month we'll try to, so we fall, I guess we fell a little bit off the timetable, but still close enough.
0: I mean, we're still gonna finish it before. Yeah, so as long as That's, we get well, it in before
3: think, Dead Reckoning, I'm fine with I that. I feel like
0: that was the whole point of the timing, it wasn't, like, we'd get six in and then in two months, seven was coming out. Well, I think, I feel more... like seven's at the end of
3: July anyway, but. I'm going to force myself. I feel like it was
0: just more about like, let's make sure we can fit them all in.
3: Right. Yeah. It was more of the pacing just to make sure we're on, on track. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I'm looking the release date up already. June, July 14th. So it's the middle of July. So even if we're like mid June, yeah, still about a month away. That's fine. Um, so if you're wondering, we could do it the day before. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, so if you're wondering what the, the never seen that stuff is all about, it's pretty self-explanatory. I think these are, has, has always been envisioned as a way to introduce, uh, someone to a movie or series that you're maybe surprised they haven't seen yet. And we kind of feel like that they should see. So we start off trying to record a little bit before watching the movie, just to see how much people know going in. And then we'll break to watch the movie. You can too, if you're going along with us and then, uh, come back afterwards and then we'll all sort of give our thoughts on what we just watched. Um, as another refresher, I think all of these movies are brand new to Ian that was kind of what kicked off this whole uh, discussion and why we wanted to try to do this series uh, Andy has seen up until Ghost Protocol, right so you saw up until the last one we watched so from here on out, everything should be new for you right all right okay
2: let's hope <laughs>
3: so do because think we read ran- all of them, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe it's all just bits and pieces they're all just blended together. Uh, But yeah, since Andy hadn't seen the later ones, and I think he had said it's been a while since he's seen the earlier ones, we saddled him along for the whole ride. So he's been here since the beginning, since we've watched all of them. Uh, We've been subbing out Josh and Mike uh, here and there for for some of them. They kind of picked which ones they wanted to do. So Josh will be on this one later uh, when we get to the actual review, review part and thoughts of after the movie and stuff like that. Uh, So, before we get into this one, as of right now, out of the four other Mission Impossible movies we've watched, which one is your favorite? Just trying to figure out sort of like where the bar is for the movies we've seen and if that's going to change between now and you know any other, after we watch any of the other ones.
0: Um, and for practical purposes, I'm just going to guess, you didn't happen to like pre-look up all of the ratings we gave the first four? That way <laughs> there would be some type of numerical proof of which one was our favorite. Uh,
3: that's, I could do that. I, I do have that on file somewhere. I just have to pull it up now. Because
0: otherwise I'm just going to say, woo, woo, woo. Well, I figured you were going to go there anyway, <laughs> honestly. Even though numerically it's not my highest rated mission possible. Uh,
3: you are correct your highest rated was the last one we watched ghost protocol.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So you're still, you're still saying mission impossible two is your favorite, even though mission Impossible: ghost protocol was rated higher.
0: Yeah.
3: Andy, do you have a, I know which one looking at the score you rated higher as well. So I don't I'm know if you remember the last one. Yeah. Ghost protocol came in at 8.5 for you, 6.8 for Ian, but it's still his highest. Um, so is that your, is that your favorite out of the ones as we've watched a- so
2: far? Currently, yes. Okay. Which I think my favorite has been the one that I've most recently watched every time, so...
3: Uh, 6.5 for 1, 5 for 2, 7.5 for 3, and then 8.5 for 4. Oh, yeah, I hate it, too.
0: <laughs> I get there wasn't enough doves. I'll be... I agree. <laughs> <laughs> there was, like, one... There was one underground tunnel full of them? Like, come on. I need <laughs> at least four tunnels of so doves. Minimum. Um,
3: I think just based on my rating, I still have three just a hair higher than four. I have such a soft spot for three. Somehow that's going to be the highest one you have until seven. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I <laughs> Some of these I feel like could just end up being at the same rating because I, I don't know if I'd be able to choose one way or the other, so we'll see where we end up after this rewatch. Um, Alright, so going in, I guess, Ian, I'll start with you because I usually start with you, but what do you know about Mission Impossible Rogue Nation going
0: into this movie? Um, So this is when I like I remember seeing ads for this, like previews. So this is when I was like, oh, it's that guy from those Edgar Wright films I like. Edgar Wright.
3: Oh, Simon Pegg, because he's in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was like, really?
0: I was, was going to let you sit on that until you well, got. First, I'm who are am talking like, about? Well, I figured I figured
3: Tom Cruise would be the most recognizable star out of like a trailer, and I'm like, he's. Well, I, I, I know who Edgar Tom Cruise Wright. is
0: already. Like, I'm not like surprised when Tom Cruise shows up in a trailer. You know. I don't know where your movie knowledge lies. Like, what <laughs> what your, your bar is for you? He jumped on a couch on fucking Oprah. Everyone knew who Tom Cruise was. <laughs> it's not like you know. Like I know who some people are. Okay, but yeah, Simon Simon Pig shows. up. My God, I know that guy, and that's about it. I think I remember from the trailer. Simon Pigs in it. Okay, and based on the title, a whole nation is now gone rogue, <laughs> which is much much different than when Tom Cruise and his team do it. Then yeah, just one allegedly. For I person. know they are now a seven nation rogue army. <laughs>
3: Uh, Andy, will spin to you. What do you think you might know about Rogue Nation before you've seen it?
2: I believe this is the one that has some kind of very spectacular Tom Cruise on the outside of an airplane stunt.
0: Yes. You are correct. Oh! Is it, like, a remake of that scene from, um... Oh, fuck. It's, um... The Twilight Zone, where there's like the gremlin on the outside of the plane destroying the engine and the guy's like panicking when no one else can see the gremlin on the outside of the plane. Is it just that? No. If
3: you could say, yeah, there's something on the outside of the plane, sure. That 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 could so Tom Cruise
0: isn't like... like ripping out the engine on no. the side of the plane. No. <laughs> well, no. no one else can see him, except this one guy who's like freaking out and sweating through his like two hundred dollar suit, which back in the sixties was a lot of money. Yeah, no. That doesn't does actually, actually
2: it's it's the same exact thing from uh Die Hard 2, you know, where they're fighting on the wing. Gotcha. Oh, I kind of yeah. forgot
0: about that. So it's not like in Fast Five where they drive a car into the plane. <laughs> We're just gonna keep naming other plane things from other action movies. <laughs> so is it like the is it like Soul
3: Plane? <laughs> no. No. There are no snakes on this plane either.
0: I was going to do Naked Gun next. Okay. Uh...
2: I'm not joking, and don't call me Shirley. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
3: Predictions for this movie. Uh, Andy, you got any predictions going into this one?
2: I am predicting that Tom Cruise is going to sway more people to doing what he wants to do rather than what... That head people are gonna to want to do just based on the name Rogue
3: Nation. Okay. Um, Ian, do you have any predictions for when this? this one? Come out. Twenty fifteen.
0: Okay, so I thought this was gonna be about like okay, so obviously it's a rogue nation. They have a nuclear weapon. I mean that's that's always what they have. So it's gonna be about disarming the nuclear weapon, but for some reason we can't do it because politics. So Tom Cruise and his team go rogue to stop the rogue nation from developing or acquiring their... Basically, the plot of um Top Gun 2, I'm just realizing. <laughs> it's, it's the plot of Top Gun 2, is my prediction. Okay. <laughs> and there's even an airplane in this. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, we just talked about the airplane scene. <laughs> I'm
3: trying to remember, so, yeah. like... I'm trying to, like, sort of... Because we haven't watched the movie yet, so I'm trying to, like how much do I want to confirm? How much do I want to agree with? Like, and sort of... No spoilers, like, man. Yeah, right. Yeah, but I know him right now. Yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to... It's just Top Gun
0: 2. Wait. Oh, God. I'm just going to watch Top Ten 2 and come back. And like,
1: <laughs> Nailed it.
3: <laughs> uh, so for for with this movie, we do get a director change again. Uh, this one ends up being Christopher McQuarrie. Uh And I, I think... Yeah, from, from here on out, I think he directs all the other... Mission Impossible movies. So he okay. does Rogue Nation, he does Fallout, he's doing Dead Reckoning Part 1 and 2. So they have locked him in. Uh, with a director change, do you expect any drastic changes from the previous movies?
0: Uh, no, because you told me that um, they all hit that formula in 3, I think it was, so no. I think I think 3 helps set some sort of formula. And but, I'm just, yeah. I just pulled up his IMDb. Does he only direct Tom Cruise? There's a lot of Tom Cruise. Yeah, because it's Jack Reacher, Jack the Giant Sailor, Edge of Tomorrow, Mission Impossible, Jack Reacher, The Mummy, Mission Impossible, Top Gun Maverick, AKA the exact same plot as this film. Well, he didn't
3: direct. He didn't direct a, a lot of no. those. He wrote. Uh, I think, it's on a lot his of IMTV, that. so it's Reddit, the same yeah. movies. But he, if he's not directing, like he didn't direct Edge of Tomorrow. That was Doug Liman. He didn't direct Top Gun Two. That was uh, Joseph Kaczynski. But McCory goes so the plot's the same, right? Because uh, McHugh comes in and, and usually ends up fixing scripts for anything Tom Cruise is on. Is is the way I'm? I've seen it. Like it seems like mm-hmm. Tom Cruise ma- starts to make a movie. They need help with a script. McHugh comes in, helps write the script, and then they finish the movie. If he's not already directing, so he is. He's a writer director for a lot of Tom Cruise stuff for sure. Yes. And if you like. It's, some the of the stuff line. is like fascinating to me. Like some of the cause I've I've listened to McHugh talk about behind the scenes stuff for some of these Mission Impossible movies he's been a part of, and the way like I don't know, I guess most movies are made in some sort of chaos, but it does sound like Mission Impossible movies are maybe made a little bit more chaotically, and like how they get some sort of coherent story out of this stuff boggles my mind. Like his his sort of formula is hey, we're gonna try to get It almost sounds like, yeah, I think we've talked about it before, where they almost start with like, hey, what does, what kind of action sequences and stuff does Tom Cruise want to try to do? And we'll build a story around that. And even by the time they get ready to shoot, they don't always have the script ready. And McHugh's always just kind of like, mission does what it wants to do. Basically, like, let's leave it to fate, and eventually it's just going to figure itself out. Like, I don't know how you make a movie with that mentality. That just... Working for him. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So you can't, you can't knock the results, I guess. But just just hearing some of those stories of like hey we were ready to shoot this and you know at the last minute something changed and we had to pivot to this and then you think about the movie where that is and you're like holy shit that's like one of the best things in the movie and you made it up on the day or something so it he goes really in depth there's a couple podcasts where he talks for like 3 or 4 hours on the behind the scenes of some of these mission movies so if you're very curious i think empire has some um there's a light the fuse podcast which is all about mission impossible stuff uh, both of those podcasts have grabbed McHugh to talk about uh, Mission Impossible movies. So if you're curious, definitely go check them out. They are long, but they are insightful. Um, I know I asked this. I don't know if it's worth it. but
0: <laughs> Ian, do you think you'll like this movie? <laughs> so i want to pivot back because you talked about chaos and that. Okay. So in Yuji Naka is the creator of like Sonic, the whole like rings thing, like losing the rings when you got hit was added like a week before the game launched. Jeez, that's nuts. Because that and seems that, such is, a
3: pivotal thing to the the game.
0: It's it's like the only thing he's known for is those fucking rings, right? And like the whole concept of losing them, like in the hit, week, two weeks before launch. And then this guy, McQuery, So he had a five year break between this movie and his second. Not this movie is in Mission Impossible here. The movie I'm not saying the title of to be secretive currently. That came out in 1995, he wrote. And that he didn't work for five years in movies seems wild to me because it's The Usual Suspects. And I almost feel like that was written backwards. Like, okay, the concept is is that we don't know who this guy is and we make up this whole story thing, which yeah. kind of sounds like how these are. I think I like this. Like, I, I I don't like hate the other ones. They're just action films, though. They're not the level of storytelling or mystique or prestige. As other films I do enjoy, like, um, let's go with Man this time, Men. Like, that's a great film. I really enjoyed that. You didn't see it because it was a horror film. That's true. But, yeah, they do an unbirth in that scene. It's wild. And (laughs) you don't even know what that means. No, I don't know if I want to know what that means. (laughs) You don't. (laughs) You you would throw up. Anyways, (laughs) I think it'll be another fine one. I just, unless he's going to usual suspects me.
3: Oh, yeah, I mean I, and, I don't um, want to set the bar too Also, his, high.
0: Tom Cruise's wife isn't in this. I forgot to say that before. Oh, as a guess, Yeah. Okay, okay. I think they forget about her for like two films. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah,
3: I don't want to like set the bar too like I don't think this is like an art these are not artistic masterpieces or anything like that or or any type of really deep level stuff. They are a surface level action films. So I just think they're very really well put together action films that I think are are worth checking out, which is sort of the whole reason we started this whole thing, I think. Um, Andy, do you have any, uh, or I guess, do you, do you think you'll like it expecting to like it?
2: I am expecting the trend of me liking the most current movie better.
3: So you think you'll give it better than an 8.5? Possibly. Okay. All right. We'll get to our, uh, predictions that we usually try to do pre movie. Uh, first one, uh, Ian, how many mask reveals will happen in this movie? One. Andy, what's your guess?
2: I'm going to say two. I think we only had one in the last one.
3: I think there was only one. Now, I don't want to try to think back on the spot. I can definitely think of one. Yeah, there's uh, only one. Josh two. Josh gave me his predictions before he said two. I'll i I'll be the odd man. I'll just say three, just to try I to do something to see different in case zero. they...
0: I really wanted to say zero.
3: <laughs> do you want to change your answer, or are you sticking with one?
0: I'm sticking with one because I'm convinced it's the thing they're legally obligated to do. <laughs> and that's how they got the right to the Mission Impossible series. <laughs> uh,
3: Next prediction. prediction, which I feel like is probably pretty obvious, but does
0: Ethan go rogue, Andy?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, for sure.
0: Ian? I think he starts the movie off rogue, un-rogues, then re-rogues. So so two rogues in one movie. Oh no, he he's pre-rogue. What do you mean, pre like he's already like, be- like Mulon Mulan Rogue? I don't know. <laughs> I just made that up. I don't know what that means. <laughs> just yes, I think he goes rogue. Okay. I just wanted uh, to say that movie title. <laughs>
3: uh Josh said by definition of the title, yes, he goes rogue. Uh I'm also gonna say yes, he goes rogue. Uh is there or does Tom Cruise ride a motorcycle? Ian, yes or no? Yes. Andy. Negative. Uh Josh said absolutely, so he's I guess feels pretty confident. Uh I am also going to say yes. Uh what the hell? <laughs> he probably rides it on the fucking helicopter. I mean the <laughs> airplane. Um <laughs> uh, the other question we have is there a mission related helicopter? So is a helicopter not just in the movie? but it has to be used for some sort of mission for Ethan and his team. Yes. Alright, Ian says yes. Andy? No. Andy says no. Josh says no. Uh, I'm
0: going to say no as well. You can't redo the plot of Top Gun without a helicopter, because they can't use airplanes, obviously. <laughs> this isn't Top Gun.
3: Uh, Alright, the big one how many times does tom cruise run so again this is starting and stopping if he's run if he's in the same scene and runs to a stop and then runs again that's two if he runs into the next scene that is one continuous run until he stops and then we count again so what's the prediction for how many times he runs which the i feel like we probably haven't been like spot on accurate in any of the ones we've done i feel like we've gotten ballpark numbers but if we go back and actually try to check our math on any of these movies, I feel like we're probably wrong. I feel like that being said, we've probably underestimated a lot of the times he's run.
0: Yeah. By our definition, yes.
3: So, Andy, what do you, you got? You got a number you want to throw out? 21.
0: 21. Mm-hmm. Ian? 37.
3: <laughs> uh, Which I John... think would have
0: still been under for the last film. Yeah, he
3: ran a lot in the last one, for sure uh josh is coming under both of you with 14
0: he lost (laughs) (laughs) probably bangs that out in 10 minutes (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna
2: while he's tasting the goods i think (laughs) uh, i'm gonna
3: split the difference between you guys and go 30 and we'll go somewhere in there um yeah so that's it for the predictions no (laughs) you just mentioned our last one I don't I don't want to acknowledge this one. Although Josh did give me an answer for this one too. Because he, he knows the... it's official. What did he answer? Josh said no. There was no tasting of the goods in this movie. Okay, what do you answer, Brian? Um I'm I'm gonna say no. I don't I don't want this to even be a thing, so but I'm gonna still say no. Andy? One hundred percent he does. <laughs> and I agree he's tasted the goods. <laughs> oh god damn it, I hate that this is still going on. Um <laughs> <laughs> um any, any other last things we want to throw out before we get to the movie nothing no other last predictions anything i mean anything? i would
0: like i'm assuming it's coming up because the new one's like part one or whatever but i wouldn't mind a villain that's around for more than a movie
2: okay yeah yeah that's a not point. even a
0: prediction i just would i think that could be something that mix it up right now
2: yeah or, or a plot or even just a plot not necessarily the villain but the plot extends a few movies you know? or even like, the, I feel like the rogue nation i feel like every yeah i feel like everything has been very like james bond single cuts before we yeah. get to like the daniel craig stuff you know
3: yeah they've done i i feel like they were always meant to at least in the beginning meant to be like episodes of a tv show based since they're based on a tv show so the the mission movies were sort of just meant to be one offs I do think eventually there's some stuff that starts to bleed over and I think we're starting to get into that. So some of your answers or some of your questions uh, should be answered. in I think in the next couple of movies,
0: what questions
3: or or predictions, I guess you'll get confirmation one way, on the, one way, one way or the other on some of your predictions. I mean, I'm very sure they forgot he was married for like at least a movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. I guess that's where we will stop. We're going to go watch Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Uh, feel free to take a break with us. Pause us. We'll go watch the movie. Or, you know, if you've already done your homework and, and you've watched the movie, you can just continue on after this and we'll we'll talk about it together. Uh, either way, we're pausing for the movie. We'll be back after we finish and we'll see you all on the other side. So we are back for Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Uh, we finished our viewing and we've picked up another person.
1: So we have Josh Zorich joining us for this part. Is it, is it me or is it Mike Bradley in a me mask? <laughs>
3: Voice changer and all, right? That's how they do it. Spoilers, it's me. <laughs>
1: uh so speaking
3: of spoilers, we're gonna throw out the spoiler warning for Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. So if you've not seen the movie from twenty fifteen and do not want to get spoiled on anything we're gonna talk about, you can pause us now, come back after watching the film. Or if you've done your homework already and you've already watched, then you're you're good to go for what we got going on next. Uh either way, spoilers to follow.
2: Be you, be you. Spoiler. We spoiler. You know, something like that.
3: All right, so we are good to talk about whatever we want to talk about. Uh I'm actually going to start with Andy this time because I think we finally hit a Mission Impossible movie that he has not seen. This is not a rewatch for you. So, what did you think of this one and did it live up to or fall short of your expectations?
2: I didn't th- I I think I said that I thought that this movie was going to be better than the last one. I didn't expect the gap to be as big as it was.
3: Yeah, okay. Yeah cuz I think we so. we sort of talked before watching that you've been incrementally going up with every except for Mission the second one which I was watched. like
2: that movie blue but um <laughs> I mean woo uh <laughs> I it no I I I thoroughly enjoyed it um I thought it added like an air of mystery to it mm-hmm. and I, I I enjoyed the like almost like nemesis role that the the syndicate sort of took on with against ethan hunt so
3: yeah nice uh ian what did you
0: think of the movie so you brought up i believe I, I point this out a lot that i think it was the last one you said is when they hit the formula right that's when they're like okay here's what we're doing for these or was that two films ago? i
3: think three three kind of starts it i think okay. four hits it pretty hard and then yeah we try to sort of get the same thing
0: but i swear last time we did one of these the fourth one andy said Pointed out how while wow, in this one I liked it because like things kept not hap- working out for them, and then in this one they explicitly tell Tom Cruise, "You just want to go after this guy because you fucked up all this time against him." And I'm like, "Holy shit!" The formulas now they fuck up for two hours, <laughs> <laughs> and then something goes right. Holy shit! They fi- they did find their formula. It's it's how to like,
3: overcome adversity, right? That's how, that's what these <laughs> what these Mission Impossible everything's impossible, so they have to
0: accomplish it. Well, it's that and then very pointless tasks where you break into something that you probably didn't have to do because no one expected you to actually pull it off. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they never actually need what they stole in the big water-cooled container.
3: Yeah. Uh, Yeah kind yeah, of Yeah they did. It's it's always it's always a thing they always get something to lead to the next thing and then the thing they just I got mean, is at kind best,
0: of it gives them the fifty he's like I'm a computer now you know it's that's <laughs> Tom Cruise becomes a computer. A mentat if you will. Oh, because of the, the photographic memory and stuff with the bank accounts, yes. That I'm assuming he lied about. I think he remembered
3: one bank account. Which I guess you could you honestly could go either way. Like, do you think it was just a bluff or do you think he actually memorized all that stuff? And I thought they established it. I don't, I couldn't pick it out off, off the top of my head, but I thought they established in some other movie that Ethan does have some sort of photographic memory. But how much yeah. he, if, if he would have, if he actually would have memorized the whole thing or just picked one and said, I'm just going to go with this one and, and try the bluff. Did, and,
2: didn't that play a part in the uh, Dubai Hightower scene?
3: Maybe. I could have sworn. I can't think specifically where or when, but...
2: But, but I feel like like uh, an agent in his position would have training for some such a thing. Yeah. Like, see and something it, once and be able to retain it.
1: I think that's what he was... Yeah, re- whether it was a bluff or not, he's banking on the other guy who was also a former similarly trained person in that world. To know. Having the internal conflict of, is he good enough to have that skill... It's reasonable that he would. How much is it a gamble? You know, how much am I willing to gamble that he's lying or not?
3: Well, you could also play it up too. If 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 <clears throat> we're right, and the, the earlier movies established that Ethan somehow has photographic memory or has used it before, if um, for now I'm blanking on the fucking guy's name. What the hell was the villain's name? Uh, Lane. Lane. Yeah. So if Lane has done enough research on Ethan, which it seems this movie has done, like he knows all his weaknesses, strengths, and stuff like that, he would know, based on the write-up of the agent, that Ethan has photographic memory, and, you know, if he's spouting off these numbers correctly, then it's like, oh, wait, no, I did the write-up on this guy, so I
0: know he has that skill. So, So yeah. He doesn't know his biggest weakness, though. Which is? That Tom Cruise is, I mean, Ethan Hunt's married. (laughs) (laughs) This film also doesn't seem to know that. As I
3: said, you will have some answers
0: next movie. I'm just saying they skipped it. Like you were very keen on the fact that like the last film you were happy. She showed up. Yes. To like connect the tissue. But this one, she doesn't. So now we're fine with her not showing up.
3: Well, no, I mean, when I saw, I, again, I know where (laughs) things go. So I'm satisfied with the conclusion of what happens to in this franchise. This movie. Yes. Was it, that was a glaring spot of this movie when I had saw it and we don't have the next movie. Again, knowing where it goes, I'm I'm okay with the omission.
0: So somehow, Poppleton returns.
3: <laughs> kind of. Uh, Josh, your rewatch. What do you What do
1: you think of this one? Um, I liked it again. This is this is honestly, this is probably the one that I've watched the most. I mean, that and that's only maybe the, like the fourth time.
3: Okay. That, that when was I've the last time it, you watched but... it. Do you remember?
1: Uh, like how long How
3: long has it been since the rewatch?
1: probably 3 years since the last one. Okay. That was like an early, I think I said this last time, it's like an early COVID quarantine thing. We like went through a bunch of series, Mission Impossible being one of them, so yeah. Yeah, probably about 3 years. Okay. Um I I dig this. I I realized I think I forgot how much happens over the course of 2 hours. Yeah, this movie In- moves. In this, it moves, and there's a lot to it. Yeah, um, not that the last one doesn't, but I feel like this one is very meaty. Like when you, at the end of the two hours, as you're in, in like the last five minutes, and you think about all the individual things that they did, the places they went, the scenes that they carried out, you know, the tasks, the conversations. There's just there's just a lot of stuff
2: yeah. that occurs. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I think this was, I this might be still my most rewatched Mission Impossible, because when this one came out, this was my obsession for a while. I think it was like, anybody I talked to, it was like, oh, I didn't see that yet. It's like, let's watch it right now. And I would just pull it out and we just start <laughs> yeah. watching it because it's that fucking good. Um, But uh, I guess, Josh, anything on the rewatch that stuck out to you for this one that you maybe didn't catch before or something that uh, you want to bring attention to?
1: No, not in particular. I think I, I again the number of times I've seen this one, and because it's a more recent entry in general, I hadn't forgot as much about this as I had the others.
2: Yeah. Because yeah. because
1: they're older films. Um but no, no nothing as egregious as the uh from a distance we somehow scanned your nervous system mapping to confirm your identity <laughs> uh type shit had <laughs> occurred.
3: Yeah, the stuff that they used in Mission Impossible 1 from, you know, 10 years before is still absent in all the more recent ones with more tech.
1: Yep. Um,
0: and that would have prevented them from doing, like, anything in this movie.
3: What, the nervous system scan? <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, I guess it's, it's some... Yeah, because I guess you wouldn't be able to really get around that, huh? There's no
0: way to fake that for... I, or do you just insert a card that has a nervous? System? Like, yeah, that, I guess. Yeah, nervous? I guess if with that, that, that logic, way? yeah, you could do it that way. Because you know how that's programmed and stuff.
1: You got all that written <laughs> down, so you just program oh. it in Simon Biggs' vascular system. So Sarah had a good point as we're watching this. When they need to break into the uh, the, the the data server. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, why why is it? that he has to do the profile swap out as Benji is making his way through the building? Why couldn't they do that, like, hours before and wait till they know it's in place to then send him through? Why why have to do it coincidingly to put it down to, like, the last second where they're like, oh, I I need to get through these locks and if you don't do it by the time I... I get to the walk scanner. They're gonna kill me. Like, just do it before. Do it. I don't remember.
3: Do it I guess at that part of the movie, if they're against the ticking clock, and it's like, hey, we have to do this now, or it's not gonna happen, type of thing.
2: That's what my guess. You was. could just.
3: I mean, you could just
0: wait. The like. I mean, Tom Cruise is only down there for two and a half minutes. Right. I get. I get that. You yeah. could just wait another fifteen. I'm just trying I to think, justify job, the movie logic. I think logic, the correct I guess. answer is tension. Yeah, yeah, that's. <laughs> I think that's the answer.
3: You know, yeah, that's where where the the movie logic just takes dramatic, over, and it's like, well, it has device. to happen this way yes. because this is where the tension is. Yeah,
0: otherwise, you won't care as much. I suppose. Yeah. yeah.
3: Um, I guess. Uh, we'll go back to Andy. Any anything stick out to you for this one that you really liked? Any of the like comparisons to the other ones that stick out?
2: I thought the lead actress in this was better than all the lead actresses in all the other movies
3: that was the Ilsa character Rebecca yeah. Ferguson yes okay yeah she's great
2: and some of the technology I thought was really awesome the uh, uh, combination lock thing that uh, Simon Pegg was using was it's like that cool. little that little ring yeah. thing that little ring thing yep. yeah and then I like the actual like tumble lock like digital thing that would show where the tumblers went oh yeah then. it was really cool too
3: yeah. Uh, Ian, anything stick out to you that you liked, maybe compared to others?
0: I mean, maybe not compared to others, but something I liked is, um, there's um a scene where they're pretending, they're playing out what would happen if they put a mask on Simon Pegg. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, there was an internal debate, does this count as the mask gag if it didn't actually happen? <laughs> so that's all, you know, it's like, huh, you know, it's real. it's a real thinker moment. And then you know they do the scene where they're actually putting it on, and the person I'm watching with pauses the film to be like, "How do you think they did this?" Now nothing keeps me engaged in a movie like someone pausing it to ask me a question about the movie. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> <But> <laughs> they point out that oh, that's actually not a mirror. That's just a that's just maybe a window. There's probably not even glass there. Yeah, it's not. They yeah. just filmed Tom Cruise and the other actor standing there, and the backs of other people over here. And I think that's crucial because. It doesn't fucking matter. Like you you don't have to actually like pull that off cinema-wise for it to do anything for the movie, but someone was like I'm assuming Tom Cruise is like they need to see that we did it. Like they don't even actually do this plan, but they still went out of their way to get this shot in, and I appreciate it. Yeah, that.
3: you know what that means? It means they had fun making the movie. It doesn't fucking matter, but they wanted to set it up that way and do it anyway, so
0: I fucking love it. <laughs> So I yeah, like I said, I like that. I, I, I don't know if they're they're not necessarily. I think turning up the stunts at least at this point. I don't think there was anything that was like, oh man, I can't believe he did that because just from knowing Tom Cruise, nothing was like he should have died from this one. Or I remember when Jackie Chan broke his foot, or, you know stuff like that. So that would I say would maybe be the thing. It just it didn't feel like they took another big jump up. But like Andy said, they had some cooler little tech moments for stuff you're like i want to break into stuff (laughs) yeah i mean the the car
3: the cargo plane i think was the was hyped up as the big one i think for this one which is right at the beginning of the movie
2: and i would love to know if it was tom cruise on the pole like going up upside down to get off oh when he like
3: kicked himself off yeah yeah i i don't know how he did that
2: looked very impressive (laughs)
3: yeah
0: well, uh, I wonder if they just filmed it from like like a different angle. Maybe, or something, but yeah. I don't,
3: yeah. I don't know what the triggery is there. If that was all captured in camera, that I don't know. Um, but I know, like f- for the like the Blu-ray and stuff, there's all kinds of behind the scenes for the for the stunt for, on the cargo plane and then the stunt underwater. Because I guess Tom Cruise trained to hold his breath for literally five minutes to be able to get longer takes underwater for what they were filming, which is just fucking stupid too. But I know, like, the cargo plane, like, they, they strapped him to the side, obviously. He wasn't just hanging out there. So they, they CG'd out the straps that he's on there. But I guess one thing that I would never have thought of is that they had to basically try to clear the runway of any, like, little pebbles. Because if the the wheels kick one of those up at Tom Cruise as he's hanging onto the side of the plane, it could, like, either, not maybe not kill him, but definitely seriously injure him just from the, the speed of which it would get kicked up and thrown his way. So that was a concern, but I know they, they did the stunt of him hanging on in the plane, taking off like over 10, 10, times, 10 to 15 times. Holy shit. Like the dude just does this shit. Like, I don't understand, but anyway, I just
0: want to watch them figure all the rocks off of the runway.
3: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how long that took.
0: Do you use like a bloat like a like a like
2: a
3: I don't know. That's where you get like like vacuum it. All the interns are just like, all right, get out there. Just go ahead. Clean it down (laughs) between takes.
2: Street sweepers, right? Yeah, I guess
1: probably. That'd probably work. I mean I feel like those don't work that well though. Uh. These things are these things are made on a on a budget. This is producers' money. They went to Target and just got a bunch of kitchen brooms and gave them to like fifteen PAs and said, Go out.
3: Yeah, if
1: he gets hurt, it's your head. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. I still, I'd, I'd love to know what kind of like insurance claims they have. Like
0: they should have simply just repaved it every day. <laughs> <laughs> it's fresh asphalt. Just go. <laughs> um,
3: Ian, we'll come back to you for this one. What do you think of the the director change? Because this is another. It's the fifth Mission Impossible movie. This is the fifth Mission Impossible director uh So we, he, did he
0: write previous ones? Was that right, this guy?
3: I don't remember if he came on. I have to check the credits. I don't know if he came on and wrote it anymore. I know he's been tied to Tom Cruise with a lot of stuff, rewriting Tom Cruise movies and directing. Like he directed Jack Reacher before this, I think.
0: Okay, I mean, I I think he did fine. I mean, he clearly understood what the formula was in went with it, you know, I think and then let just like okay, Tom, you want to do what now? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it makes sense for your character to not wear a helmet and then Tom said, "Well, then people won't know I'm on the motorcycle if I'm wearing a helmet though." <laughs> so, you know, stuff like that. I mean, he he got it. I I guess I th- I'm pretty sure this is the guy that wrote The Usual Suspects and I'm just like, that's a really well-written film. Not to say this is poorly written, but <laughs> like that's not maybe the, that's not really the point of these though at the same time. Yeah. Like the point of these aren't to be like Philosophical questions about the nature of the CIA and their involvement in the rogue nation they created—we <laughs> blame that on MI5, and we kind of gloss over. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you know, I I think he did what you want a director to do in this. You know, what you need from your big budget action summer bluster movie guy.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, I think these, these this one especially, and I'd even probably classify the next one in there too. And I don't know if I would say this about some of the other ones, but this one and the next one what I think would fall in the category of like summer blockbuster popcorn action movie. Like I think they fit that bill and so does Top Gun Maverick. And I know Christopher McQuarrie helped write Maverick too. So I think, I think him and Tom Cruise have a formula that they like to use for their movies where it, it lends itself to that genre and that style where maybe you don't have to, obviously, yeah, you don't have to think about it too much. You just kind of sit back and enjoy the ride type of thing, which I, I appreciate. I think I, I like those movies. Um, Andy, what'd you think of the director change? what do you think of Christopher McQuarrie for this one?
2: I, I really enjoyed the director change. I felt like a lot of the, uh, the cuts were well done and the, like the piecing of the storytelling was very well done. And I felt like I was actually worried about the, the antagonist. Like all the other times, I'm just like, ah, you know what, they'll get him. Ah, you know what, they'll get him. This one, I was like, wow, this guy has thought ahead on every single thing. You know, yeah. I enjoyed that.
3: Yeah, I think the definitely, I think I I feel like one of the more memorable villains in the series. Uh, Josh, what did you think of McQuarrie, directing?
1: Well, as you were talking about his writing credits, I, I pulled him up here and. Yeah, his uh, Tom Cruise writing relationship goes back to Valkyrie. Uh, in like 2008, the one about uh, like German sh- soldiers Diagnosis. who had a plot to kill Hitler. <clears throat> but uh, he did some things Directed after by that. by someone
3: you don't really hear about anymore.
1: <laughs> that is true. Yes. <laughs> um, but then he had some things in between there where it's like, ah, okay. Like The Tourist. Um, oh, is that that he, Johnny Depp one? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's also a writer. He wrote, wrote and directed uh, Jack Reacher. You're right, which was his mm-hmm. first movie that he directed in 12 years. He's only directed four movies. That I didn't realize. Uh, something called The Way of the Gun in 2000, which kind of sounds familiar, but I feel like that's a title that could sound like a lot of movies. So maybe I never saw it, but he did that. But then it was 12 years until he does Jack Reacher. Then he writes Jack the Giant Slayer, about Jack and the Beanstalk reimagining. Um, gets back with Tom Cruise in a way to do the screenplay for Edge of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he's on Rogue Nation. Now, in between Rogue Nation and the next one, Fallout, though, this is a little bit of a strike against him. He's credited as. Let me see if he's a sole screenwriter. He he's a a co-screenwriter on The Mummy. Well, Which, again, Tom yeah, Cruise is there. Again, Tom there. Cruise, but trying horrible. to help salvage that one, maybe horrible. It was even directed by Alex Kurtzman. Um, but yeah, so that's I'm sorry, the Mummy is a strike against all of like everybody involved <laughs> in that. I I want to um, know the
3: behind the scenes of that one because I feel like that's a train wreck behind the scenes. Probably, um, but at
1: least I, okay. So back to his, I digress. His uh director chops on this. I think for as much as was going on here, um, I think the other guys nailed it. There, there's it's 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 chunky, it's meaty, but there's pacing, there's tension. You do get a sense that there's stakes. It's a movie, it's a franchise, so you're never like, oh no, this is it. They're going to get Tom this time. They're going to get Ethan. But there can always be collateral damage. There can always be lasting effects of, he might stop them, but... What do they do, you know, in the meantime before he gets there? Um, yeah. Yeah, there's very... Uh, he does a very good job at, at keeping you on the edge of your seat, not quite sure what will happen before the resolution occurs and, and like, to what degree shit will, ha- like, you know, deconstruct. Right. Um So I'd, I'd definitely give him a, uh, an A-plus on this.
3: Yeah, I, I feel like more recently I think I've started... F- paying attention to McHugh and like what he's writing, what he's directing. And I mean, he hasn't really stepped away from mission Impossible all that much. Cause he's locked in pretty much to this franchise right now. He's, he's done this one. He did fallout and he is doing the next two. So he is, he is our mission impossible director for the foreseeable future right now. So if you like this one and you like fallout, then we're, I'm hoping we're in for a good ride for the next two after that. Uh, but yeah, I, and I, Josh, I know I mentioned it to these guys Prior to watching the movie, I don't know if I've talked to you at one point about it, but the the hearing McHugh talk about making these movies is really really interesting to me. I know he's done it on a couple podcasts that are like three to four hours long, where he just talks about making uh, Rogue Nation on one, and I know he talks about Fallout on on another one, but it, it, the the at the rate at which it sounds like they're sort of flying by the seat of their pants when they make these movies and the, the way they turn out the way that they do, I'm like, I don't know how you accomplish that shit, but kudos to you because that is impressive. Um, all right. So we'll move on to some of our maybe repeatable questions that we've done. Uh, cold open. What'd you think about it? Andy?
2: Cold open was the cargo plane scene. Yes. I thought it was very well done. Um, I liked that it had some humor to it. (laughs) The Benji sort of watching Tom Cruise do the thing instead of (laughs) actually trying to open the door and then opening the wrong door twice. Yeah, yeah, I just... I I feel like that was the most engaging and exciting cold open so far.
3: Okay. Ian,
0: what'd you think, cold open? So I, I think it goes back again and again to this formula they hit where... Benji has to do something that's comedic, like, it's gotta be a comedic opening, and Benji has to be doing something and getting yelled at by at least one other, if not three other people. (laughs) I think it kind of plays into, like, where you mentioned, like, either Ethan Hunt has a photographic memory, or he's just an agent at this level, but Benji's also a field-trained IMF agent and doesn't know any Russian. (laughs) He's just hitting random fucking buttons (laughs) trying to open up doors. (laughs) He has none. No Russian at all. And that the name of that Call of Duty level from no Modern Warfare. Yep. Yep, yep. Yeah, fuck yeah, callback. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> that was dumb. Anyways, it was enjoyable, and it's just, I think that's, maybe I think the feel they're going for, okay, let's get some hammy laughs. People enjoy that. And then I got to do the credits. Okay. Like, I think it's just, it's it's that, it, they it's formulaic but I'm not saying that's a negative necessarily. They just, they know what they're trying to accomplish.
1: Yeah. Uh, Josh, what do you think of the cold open? Um. Same. Um. I remember commenting on the MI3 discussion that I appreciated how different the cold open to the third one is because it's not really a cold open. You're, Introduced to a later part of the story, that you then come back to, and you spend the first half of the movie wondering how the hell those circumstances came about. Um, right, I think I just appreciate because that stands out in in the fact that the others don't really do that. Um, I like that this one, even though like okay, there's like eighty containers of VX gas, which is the same gas stolen by Ed Harris uh and used as the threat in the rock, <laughs> but um it's it's related to Lane and his organization, but the the circumstances surrounding it specifically aren't really important. they're never really talked about again. It's just right. at least integrated into the rest of the whole um as opposed to it just being a Random mission occurrence that they're involved in that they just needed to use for an opening action sequence, you know, before the you know they light the fuse. Um, yeah. so, um, I thought I, I, yeah, as far as setting the table, so to speak, I think it accomplishes what it needs to.
3: Okay, yeah, I think it's my uh, out of the ones we've seen, I think it's the my second favorite. I think Mission Impossible three is cold open is still still my favorite. I think it just grabs you by the balls and. Holds on for the whole opening for that one. I really like that one. This one's just kind of fun, and and just I like the team dynamic that, that goes on, even if they are just screaming at each other half the time. Like, that's, I don't know, that's fun to me. And, you know, just the stunt, too. Like, putting the stunt that early in the movie, too. Because the way it was marketed for this movie was like, hey, this is a big fucking thing. And then you just see it in the first five minutes of the movie. You're like, all right, well, where are they going to go from here? So that's kind of cool, too. Uh... Next question, I think that I usually like to throw at Andy. Andy, can you describe to us what's the villain plan?
2: Huh? Not to, um, not to
3: put you on the on the spot.
2: The villain's plan. I don't know what his overarching plan was.
3: <laughs> That's good because I don't
0: think I remember either. Oh, <laughs> uh, I do. Okay, what do you got? He, it, well, he, the he, whole he, planet.
2: Yeah, Andy, you got it. He wanted to taste the goods. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So And by good, you, of course, mean the red box, and he wanted the $2.2 $2 billion to run his secret organization that was promised to him. That was uh, the yep, plot of the yep, movie. Yep.
2: Okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's a real simple one, because he doesn't want to destroy anything. Like, he does want to, but that's not the end goal of what he's doing in this movie. Yeah. The end goal of this movie is acquire money. Yeah. Get
2: bitches. Right, but, Get like, bitches. Tom Cruise has been following this syndicate around for... You know, they they show a whole bunch of different things. He explains yeah. all the things that they're doing, and he says that they're all related, and we never actually find out how they're related. Yes. Correct. Because I, I mean, sort of just a little bothersome,
3: I guess spitballing from like Ian's comment. It's like I started thinking of like, yeah, all the all the news articles and stuff that the syndicate has done up until this point that. Probably cost a lot of money, so maybe they're getting close to being bankrupt, and they need what's in the in the in that red box to get all the accounts to, to get their money. So they doing, can
2: keep to continue doing what? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that's, well, that's what's they, always, always kind of funny where to are me. They is going like, with all this, the what movie are they is going to do with all this. It's like this is they're... this is
3: sort of why I ask the questions because I think the movies are good, I enjoy them, but when you stop to like think about what the plan is. It's so just like moving you from one thing to the next that you don't really stop to think about it when you're watching, but it's when you're done, you're like, okay, can I put all that together and, and piece the plan together and half the time I don't feel like you can. He's
1: He is a disenchanted ex-special intelligence, special forces, covert agent. He's recruiting others of like mind who are unhappy with, the world-governing powers and bodies that they represent, carrying out everybody else's wishes and agendas. So their idea is to slowly and systematically, similar to think about the villain, uh, Javier Bardem's villain, uh, his goal in um, his tactics in Skyfall. It's not just hold the world ransom with weapons all the time it's um break apart the institutions that hold everything that that prop the system up and the system is the system is international conglomerates the system is aristocratic governments and overly developed nations like ourselves and first world countries etc so The things that he points out at the beginning with like all those newspaper clippings and whatnot where there's like the things he points out to Benji um, after they leave the opera where he's like uh, there was a um, like a train derailment somewhere and there was a power plant that exploded, etc. He's trying to destabilize to bring about circumstances that will undermine the things that support the status quo of how the world carries on in the modern era. I'll it's a long game and it's it's a lot of chess moves. It would take him a long time to get there, but I I saw it as he he's a disenchanted person who's angry at what, you know, quote, his government did to him and the things that they had him do. And so in like uh, he actually went rogue. <laughs> Add him to the list. Right, he went rogue from MI6. Yeah.
3: Uh all right, so speaking of I guess Lane and the villains plot, so what do we think of of Lane compared to previous villains? I think Andy already sort of answered that this is what, one of your favorites, or if not the favorite. Um, most, Ian... the
2: most threatening, I would say.
3: Okay. And where does he stack up against the other villains we've seen for you?
2: I mean I, I think by, uh,
0: the guy, I don't know his name, the, the, the three, the one in three. Chet Philip Chet C- Chet Philip, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, wait. yeah. Um, Philip Seymour Owen Hoffman's son <laughs> was, um like, actually more threatening in the sense that, like, physically he could hurt Tom Cruise more, I think. Like, but Lane's more threatening and he's maybe smarter than Tom Cruise or at least more cunning or daring. Yeah, yeah. So I think that would be the comparison. So I think it kind of, do you want a more physical like villain or do you want a more cerebral? So I think take your pick there between the two. Okay. And I would go physical for Tom Cruise because I think it's a little more interesting for an action movie when it's a fighty fight guy. <laughs> okay. Uh, Josh, what'd
3: you think of this villain compared to the other ones we've seen?
1: Uh, I'd agree with a lot of that. I think the thing that lets him stand out is again. So MI4 is literally as as straightforward as you can go get a nuclear weapon and use it to blow stuff up and kill a lot of people. Yeah. Um at least MI3 and 5 are again they're more systematic. Um they're just pieces of the world falling apart and the people orchestrating it and involved won't be affected in their eyes won't be affected bad enough in a short enough period that they can't reap the wealth benefits of the role that they play in it. So it doesn't matter to them if the world goes to hell, they'll be dead in 40 years. It'll take longer than that for the world to literally crash and burn, and they're just gonna exploit the hell out of reality while they're alive themselves. That's that's the idea. Yeah. But what I like about Lane a little bit better than the character of Owen from three is owen's just the intermediary he's a guy that gets people who want to do the bad shit the bad shit to do it with yeah um he's not really the one with the plan to enact the bad things he doesn't care about what the people who are going to use his stuff is going to do with it or their agendas um lane has the agenda he doesn't want to rule per se but he's the one being more he's the one doing the direct action. He's the one carrying it out. He's the the puppet master uh with with the the goal in mind. Yeah. per se. So he's a lot more unnerving in that way, I think. And he's so it's I think similar though to so what we said about Hoffman's character. He's for the most part a lot of times he's just so calm. Yeah. He's not another and this the series does that very well generally. They don't have manic, uh over the top boisterous personality, madmen, characters, etc. They're very cunning, they're very calculating. They are very intellectual in in what they do. Um and that I think that continues on as 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 we'll see in the next one too. But um yeah, I think that's what makes Lane that more dangerous. The fact that he's almost he he doesn't get emotional until the very end, until yeah. until him uh, you know Benji he has, he has Benji sitting on the the pressure trigger, and him and Tom are talking through Benji and whatnot. It's not till then that he really ever loses his cool. Yeah, he stays in control and keeps himself composed, and that that it feels more dangerous when it's being held back.
3: Yeah, yeah, I liked him a lot. I think. I agree with a lot with what I think Ian said too, is is those are Philip Seymour Hoffman and and Sean Harris as Lane. Those are the two for me that stick out for Mission Impossible Villains. I think those are two of the best. I, I don't know which one I really like more right now. I might actually lean towards Philip Seymour Hoffman because I think his performance in that movie, just stands out to me a lot more than what uh, Sean Harris's does for, for Lane, even though Lane's really good. But I think just that, like that even keel thing for the whole movie just doesn't stick, for a lot of, like, memorable scenes maybe with him, for me.
2: I I feel like you get a lot more Philip Seymour Hoffman than you get Sean Harris. That's
3: probably true, too, yeah. Screen time-wise, I think there's more.
2: It would even out if you include drawings of Sean Harris. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: that's true, yes. (laughs) I I spent, like, the when he first appeared and they kept showing the drawing, I spent, like, a half hour being like, I've seen this guy in a movie about eating people. He looks like someone that eats
2: people.
0: And I don't know. <laughs> I checked. He does not He does not But he looks like someone that eats people. I, I don't know. I was like, was he maybe, the, was he the human centipede guy or something? I don't know. Couldn't find it. I, like, I'm really
3: curious where that line of logic is going to lead you. But at the same time, I don't want to know. I don't. I really don't.
0: <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm not going to be surprised when I find out just like um, that other guy, he eats people. <laughs> yeah. What's his name? What I don't know. What uh, guy? The man from Uncle. The not... Cavil, the other oh, oh army oh, Hammer uh, number, isn't yeah yeah army Hammer wants to eat people <laughs> fucking weirdo edit <laughs> this so
3: that sounded natural <laughs> um I was gonna ask about one of the re- other repeatable questions we do is asking about the the new IMF director because it changes every movie too but there's no secretary in this movie so we can't really talk about that although we get one at the end
2: I was gonna okay. say technically we do
3: yeah so, I, well, I guess we can just about talk about the the Alec Chair. Baldwin's character, like,
0: if whether you liked him or didn't like him. Uh, Andy, will, will, like, or go ahead, Ian, go ahead. I like Alec Baldwin when he's an antagonist role, when I'm not supposed to like him, because I don't think Alec Baldwin's likable. <laughs> um, he can be funny in times and stuff, but, I you know, even his, like, 30 Rock character is a bad person, objectively. Yeah. He's just funny because he points out, like, faults of capitalism and corporations and stuff. And I think that's kind of what I'm hoping happens is that he's like another one of those. I, I feel like there's been already been a secretary that hated the, like, like, to betray the IMF from the inside. But I kind of want him to work against the team and not for the team. Because I think that just suits Alec Baldwin better. Is yeah. When he's, like I said, against you and not when I'm supposed to be like, oh, that guy didn't kill someone on set.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did it. You knew it. I was just kind of waiting for it. Um, Andy, what do you think of, of Alec Baldwin?
2: I enjoyed his character. Uh, I, he does work against them for, what, like three-fourths of the movie until he realizes that the thing that they're doing is the only way to do the, the things that they needed to do. Yeah. Uh, which you realize when he's so stoic in the meeting with the council, in the end they're, like, asking him questions and he's just, like, off in his own little world before he starts, you know corroborating and covering things that needed to happen um i enjoyed his character a lot i enjoyed the fact that they were able to like quote unquote pull the wool over his eyes yeah and do the things that they needed to do as far as like tom cruise being the uh mi6 guy and
3: oh yeah yeah where they where they sort of get everybody to confess when he's in the room
2: Right. I specifically gave a chuckle when it was like mark it down he'll be in handcuffs before before the tomorrow 48 hours and then it's like 6 months later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure yeah. Yeah, still on the run. Yeah. Uh
1: Josh, what do you think? Uh I'm probably really in line with what Ian said and how they described him. I think if he had if if we had started the film with like Oh, okay, the last uh uh director was killed like immediately after his introduction in, in Ghost Protocol, and here's your replacement. Um it wouldn't have been I I I, I-, I think the capacity that they gave him to be not he it- was an adversarial force, but because he was technically like on the same side, if you will, what the IMF is supposed to be. Um, it still worked rather than him just being a direct antagonist to the team or to Tom Cruise. He wasn't the villain by any means he was just he was an obstruction. he was an obstacle right. they had to deal with um it was a good fit for for him i i did like i did appreciate the gag it, um if you want to call it that um that they kind of opened the movie with uh renner uh his his you know just constant line to the committee about not being able to confirm or deny anything oh, without yeah, the yeah. approval of the the secretary. You start the film that way, and then you kind of forget about it again two hours later because a lot of shit happens. And then that's, you know, his response after the events of everything happen as well. And then they walk back out. And I guess, you know, maybe that's one of the last things that prods the committee to like, all right, goddammit, we're just, we need a new person. You're here. <laughs> I think the, you, you, the uh... CIA guy, you're here. You do it. There's a couple things. Uh, that's one of them. I think the other
3: obvious thing for me that's like the the bookends for the movie. is like the way Ethan gets gassed in the in the record shop and then the way they catch Lane and gas him in the in the case at the end is very very bookendy to what happens to Ethan at the beginning of the movie. So the stuff like that, like the parallels, I I enjoy. I think those are cool. Um
1: we'll try to go around the table for favorite action sequence. Josh, we'll start with you. Oh man, there were so many in this. The so at first uh, one of our questions that we're gonna answer later, I I I wrote down yes, and I had to scratch it out, but then it does happen later because the scene just keeps going. <laughs> um, I I I don't even know if you'd call this it. It goes from breaking in to the data center, which very quickly right after it kind of goes in. To the motorcycle and car chase, mm-hmm. which then goes into more motorcycle chase. Yeah. So I don't know if that's like one whole piece, if that's two, if that's three. <laughs> uh depending on how you break it up, maybe. Um, but I think all of that because it just it just keeps going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like one long series of events. Um, yeah, I, I think I'll count it. To end there, we'll, we'll
3: we'll allow it. Yeah. Uh, Andy, favorite favorite action sequence.
2: <laughs> My favorite action, action sequence is when Tom Cruise turns to Rebecca Ferguson and goes, "Do I know you?" <laughs> <laughs> that whole fight scene when when he's he's trying to escape the 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 Bone Doctor was that was his name? Yes, was? Yeah. yes. I, I I enjoyed that and discovering that he actually had an ally instead of somebody who he was gonna have to try to escape or conquer or you know otherwise intimidate so
3: i know andy brought it up earlier and i don't think we give her enough credit but rebecca ferguson in this movie is fucking fantastic like She's i very really like her addition yeah. to the series i agree um
0: Ian' favorite action sequence uh gun knight at the opera um oh I like yeah when you play with levels like height like you know they did that for comedic effect with tom cruise him being exasperated when his thing he was standing on would be raised or lowered to his disadvantage that's fun all of the weird weird (laughs) instrument guns that i'm not (laughs) sure would work it's just fun to see i i think it's just a nice little battle where it's like oh there's actually like three different hit squads here yeah kill this guy and tom cruise trying to slowly figure it out and benji being using his book computer to realize (laughs) oh shit i have to go do something it's just like i think it's one of the fun ones you know yeah Enjoyable one and you get the random German dude like hulking out trying to choke out Chung Tom Cruise with a flute gun. <laughs> Which is, you know, always it's always a treat.
3: Yeah, Ian Ian stole mine. I think the opera house for me was still still my favorite. There's, just the way that's directed. Like I always appreciate like like sort of what do you saying like multiple levels and angles and being able to direct something sort of that chaotic, but still understand where everyone is in the scene, what the eye lines are, who's looking at what, and how all that plays out—you could very easily get lost. The way that's either shot or edited—and I—I don't think that was a problem for that scene. And I really, really like it.
2: What what you need to realize too in that scene—it's there's there's a lot of order to that chaos because there's a fail safe for the fail safe for the oh, fail yeah. safe for the yeah. fail safe. Like he has. So many things in place to make sure this one thing happens.
3: So she's supposed to shoot the the prime minister guy or whoever they were, the royalty guy, whoever was on the on the balcony. If she didn't do it, another one of the guards was supposed to do it, and then if there was a third guy that was supposed to what kill her
0: afterwards. If she did, if she, didn't if she do did it. do it,
3: right? Okay, yeah. And then and if then all that, else that, fails, that the bomb goes off bomb. in the car. Yep.
2: Yep. mm-hmm. So that th- actually leads me to question. I know we're running short on time, but they kept saying during that whole movie afterwards that so and so had died. After Who, what? He, after after Tom Cruise shot him, like, plinged him in the shoulder, they kept saying he died. He was assassinated. Yeah. He died. He didn't. He didn't. Yeah, die. he did. Both he was the in car the car. Oh, yeah. oh, right. <laughs> That's
1: right. Yes, you he lived until the yeah, car. Right. Yes. Yeah. So no matter what, that was the thing that Lane. Lane was going to kill the chancellor no matter what. That was a ordering Rebecca, ordering Ilsa to kill him was part of his test trust exercise with her. And then having the other guys as the backups to still maybe get it done. If she didn't do it and then having someone to take her out, that was all his background insurance. But one way or another, he already knew he was going to have the chancellor killed.
3: Yeah. So whatever, whatever world destabilizing plot he's working on, that's another chess piece in that. Um, yeah, I think we all, Oh, uh, yeah, we all went for that. Um, what else we got? All right. So now we're on our, our quiz questions for ourselves, for all the the stuff we tried to ask ahead of time. So, uh, we'll start with the mask gags. So we tried to guess how many mask gags there will be. Uh, Ian said one, Andy said two, Josh said two, I said three. So what's what do we want to give the official ruling? Is it two, or are we not counting the one that didn't happen, didn't technically it's happen? Two, because they
0: did it. Like, they they I mean, did they it in the movie. They didn't do it, mean. but they did it.
3: Okay, all right. We're counting two. would put on a fucking mask. They had to <laughs> film that. All right, so Andy and Josh take that one. Uh, oh, wait, never
0: mind. I No, it doesn't count, because I want to <laughs> win. <laughs>
3: Too late. Uh, Does Ethan go rogue? We all said yes. He has that to. Is he has true. No choice. Yes. It's it's in the yeah. title. Yeah. They even say it specifically. I think in the movie.
0: Well, they also <laughs> disband his organization. So yeah.
3: Like... Yeah. There's no choice but to go rogue. Uh, was there a helicopter used in a mission related scenario? Ian said yes. Andy said no. I said no. Josh said no. And I don't think there
1: was. So.
2: A helicopter dropped Ving Rhames off to... I wrote that down. Jeremy Renner. <laughs>
1: yes, and I said, does a cargo plane count?
3: No. Specifically helicopter. Okay. Yeah, then
2: helicopter nope. drops Ving Rhames off to Jeremy Renner. It had to have been mission-related. He uh, like uh, hadn't accepted the mission yet. Yeah, I kind of feel like that's just transportation, <laughs> but, yeah. not not like military. Well, what else? Is, I mean, uh, other than like attack helicopters, what are helicopters used for? Well, we'll I'm thinking to more of like and I'm, and snipe.
3: I'm thinking more like a, you know escaping in a mission or transportation in a mission. That's that's Tactically. transportation from point A to point B. That, I, anyway, that's that's my thought. That's my ruling. I'm still saying no. I'd, just feel free to correct me if somebody wants to argue the other way. Now I'm with you. Email
2: him at... I just tried and it got shot down.
3: Well, Andy, you <laughs> voted no, so I don't know why you went <laughs> <be> yes. <laughs>
2: uh,
3: does Tom Cruise ride a motorcycle? Ian said yes. As soon as they were on screen, I yelled out counting. Andy said no. I said yes. Josh said absolutely. So I think yes. Yes is the, the answer. There was definitely
1: motorcycles to be had. That That was the one that I initially wrote down because I forgot that he chases in the car first. I scratched it out because I was like, "Oh, wait, maybe he doesn't. He's just involved in one." Yeah, and then nope, yeah. nope, and then yes, that was replaced no. by. You got, you Hell's got him to way the too yeah. close to those motorcycles to not get on them. Yeah, <laughs> yep. He can smell them. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> those are probably uh, all his motorcycles on loan to the movie.
3: Uh, yeah, I would not be surprised. <laughs> uh, how many times does Tom Cruise run? This is always the big one for the ones that we try to do. So again, this is this is starting and stopping is one if he runs from one scene into the next that's a continuous run that's one and that's how we're trying to tally so so uh, also
1: you you don't count if they make a if they make a cut or an edit and he exited the cut or the scene running and when they come back to him he's still running that's that's a continuous run that's not a new correct correct Okay. okay yes
3: so, we'll see. I tried to tally. I don't know if I'm right or not, but I have a ballpark. Uh, Ian's guess was 37. Andy's guess was 21. <laughs> <row>? No. Just <laughs> uh, I, nice. Andy said 21. <laughs> Brian, me, said 30. Josh said 14. Uh, I actually counted 14. If my tally is correct or not, I don't know. But, give or take, I counted 14. So, if I'm correct, Josh, you're right on the money. I don't know what I'll, you had.
1: I'll take it cuz I I wrote down 17. Okay, but I'll take right. it. <laughs>
3: I, I may have missed some here and there. Like it's it we as I was watching I realized like the first half of the movie he doesn't run a lot. Like they save a lot of that for the end. So by the time we got like halfway through and I'm like he's not he's not running nearly as much as I thought he needed to or should be. And then when I had 30 on the ticket I was like I don't know if we're going to hit 30 this might actually come in pretty low.
1: I think So yeah, last... I guess we'll
3: split the difference somewhere mid teens probably. I guess is where we're
1: sort of going to end up. Yeah, I think, like, Act 3 had a ton, had at least half of them, if not more, and they were all, like, I ran, and I stopped because we had to do a thing for five seconds, and then I started again. There was a yeah. ton of those.
3: Yeah. Yeah
1: uh and then there were no other questions that we ever repeat uh that we've never
3: done on this
1: <laughs> Are we missing one? i got a i got one more note on my spreadsheet i was told yes, here to
2: read the note read the note i i, I was read at this
1: one more i was at tongue maybe i was asked i was asked to to weigh in on whether on whether ethan tastes the goods, I believe. <laughs> why, it, did you
0: work out for that one, Brian? It, no, not, no, not an official question. Uh, Ian <laughs> said yes.
3: Andy said yes. Josh said no. I said no. I, he
1: doesn't, right? He I don't didn't. think he does. He doesn't. No. No. He is a wife. It's not I, in the book. I said, I said no, but it is obvious that he very much wants to.
3: <laughs> in, in his head, he's all over them. That was not my guess, them.
1: but that was my conclusion after watching. <laughs> Uh, All right, that's it
3: for our repeatables and all of the stuff we checked beforehand. Um, Anything else that we want to mention about the movie or we'll do our ratings. Last call.
2: Did you guys feel like he had like this really bizarrely lo- bizarre looking like spray tan during like the motorcycle scene? Oh
0: god, yeah, it made me question if it was actually him riding him
2: because it of was, how weird it was. It was. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he was just like super sun soaked or something, but mm-hmm. it didn't look right. It so, looked like almost like it was almost like an Oompa Loompa on a fucking motorcycle. Here. It was weird. <laughs> Is he also <laughs> going
1: to be an Oompa Loompa in with with, with Hugh yeah. Grant? That would be great. Watch the hell out of that.
3: Yeah, I wonder if it is like just some sort of reshoot where they just filmed it at a different time and just chucked it in later, which I wouldn't be surprised the way the motorcycle chase seems like it's just tacked onto that action sequence. But yeah, I get you. Uh, anything else? Last call?
0: Nothing? Okay. Oh, I liked how easy it was to believe Jeremy Renner betrayed them. Oh, I had yeah. no doubts. It's like, yeah, he you fucked him over. Good job, Jeremy. Let's see what happens. I had no questions. I was like, yep, he did it again.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think that's just some good editing and at least that part of the movie, some good writing because the way that scene plays, you could, if you think he's not going to do it, then you you read the dialogue the way that he's, you know, it comes across, he's on his team. If you think he's going to do it and betray them, the dialogue reads the completely other way, but he says the same stuff. So I think that was, that was well done. Uh, all right, rating out of 10.
1: We'll go around the horn. Uh, Josh, out of 10, what do you give this one? Um, of course, I'm sure everyone is thinking in their head, Brian, what was my scores on the other ones? Um, oh, I was thinking but... about Bloodsport. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Josh, you're in luck. I have the scores up from your other movies, so if you're ready, I can uh, give yeah, you shoot. what you've. So you've only... you've only been on Mission Impossible 3, right? That was your only other
1: one, so you gave that one Correct. a 7.5. Okay. I'm going to move... I'm going to move this up. I, I I love 3 a lot. I do. But they've learned a lot, and they figured a lot of shit out in, like, the, uh, the 10 years from that. Mm-hmm. So, it improves. I'm going to move this up to an 8.5. 8.5. Okay. Andy, what are you giving
3: Rogue Nation out of 10? I
2: believe I gave... The last one at eight. So I'm just going to do this because
3: everyone's going to be watching, <laughs> gonna be wondering anyway. So Andy gave no, Mission I know Impossible what I, 1. I know my scores. Okay. Do not give mine. Right. I will give my own. Andy, well, <laughs> I'll, I'll refresh it for the podcast listeners. Andy gave Mission Impossible 1 6.5. Mission Impossible 2 a 5. Mission Impossible 3 7.5. Mission Impossible 4 8.5. So where are you going to land for Rogue Nation, Mission Impossible 5?
2: Give it the old niner.
0: 9 out of 10. All right. The old niner? Yo niner! All right, Ian doesn't uh, want his uh, stuff lucky, read, lucky, but I'm going to read it anyway. Lucky, so like five something, five and a half something. No, court, but... Six point three? No, six, five, five and a half something for one. <laughs> six point five for the woo woo show. Who cares for three and four, five? Was this five or was the last one five?
3: So so all right, I'm just going to read them for you. Something's so has got a six point <laughs> eight. Man, Mission Impossible one, you gave a five. Mission Impossible two. I think I asked you what you wanted to rate it. You said, I'm going to give it a half point higher than the last one. And then I didn't hear that. And I asked again. And when I asked again, you said (laughs) 6.3. So we're sticking, (laughs) sticking with the average, I think, which is what we came out to is 5.9 for, for two, uh, for three, you went 5.5 for four. You went 6.8. Oh, do I have to give my score now? Yes, you do. Um, Yes. Seven. Okay. I'll take it. Your highest rated mission possible movie so far. That's good. Uh, for me, like I said, I keep, for me, it was Mission Impossible 1, 7.5, 4, or 2 is a 4. Uh, Mission Impossible 3, I gave a 9. I still love that movie. Uh, Mission Impossible 4, I gave an 8.5. Um, I, and I know I talked about it in the pre-show that I'm, I was debating whether or not this is going to end up sort of around or above Mission Impossible 3, because I have such a soft spot for Mission
0: Impossible 3, but. Given this a zero, I can't believe it.
1: No. Uh. (laughs)
3: I'm I'm gonna stick with a with a nine for this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's right on par with Mission Impossible three for me. I could watch either one of these at any point and be completely happy. So oh, two niners. Yep, two niners. So all right. So that concludes Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Uh, when we come back and convene for this one last time, well, at least the the one last time for the ones that are released, uh, we'll be coming back for Mission Impossible Fallout, which is our final home mission before dead reckoning part one comes out in july
0: did you write that down
3: no i just came up with that on the spot actually
0: i'm happier about that <laughs> i would have hated if you would have wrote that down.
3: <laughs> some stuff i can wing not a lot but a little, a little bit here and there uh so yeah we're i'm I'm excited for that I, I'm we're getting to the nitty-gritty here and the good stuff so fallout i think is is fantastic and i'm i'm anxiously awaiting when we can actually sit down and watch that one too uh, and seeing a Mission Impossible movie in theater is something I'm also very much looking forward to. Because that was, I don't have my list. I can try to pull it up quickly. But uh, my most anticipated—I know it was on there. I just don't remember how high I ranked it. Um, oh, I had it at my number two. Yeah, Dead Reckoning Part Two is number two for me. Number
2: two,
1: two. Actually, Josh, it's your number two as well. Number. All right, number two, two buddies. <laughs>
3: Andy was your number uh, I don't know if I want to have that on my tombstone or anything uh, So somebody make us t-shirts guys, or like bracelets guys, that have that please you
2: guys a wall oh and it's, it's, it's a requiem for a dream it's wall buddies.
3: Uh, I feel like it just, I just pictured it as one of those shirts of like the almost stupid with the finger pointing next to you so we have to stand next to each other no like it's a turd, <laughs> Sorry, I, have a turd.
2: No, I have no square to spare <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's what the back of the shirt says Hey, hey, hey! How about a courtesy flush? <laughs> All <laughs> right, we're we're leave? spiraling spiraling <laughs> into some shit here. So we're gonna get going. Uh, if you've enjoyed the show, please support us. Leave a five star rating and review. Be sure to give us a share on social media. Uh, you can follow or subscribe to the show to keep up with us. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Google, Anchor, Stitcher, Amazon. Hopefully, anywhere you're finding a podcast, you can find us. Uh, check us out on Facebook, Brygar and Super Friends, or go to facebook.com/slash Brigade Super Friends. Uh, you can leave us questions, comments, topic suggestions, any of that stuff there. Uh, feel free to try to email bragguysuperfriends at gmail.com. It's a legit email. I don't ever check it. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at bgsuperfriends that I can see that we'll check. Uh, feel free to follow me on Twitch at Jedi JediBragGuy. That's Jedi with an I, Bri with a Y. Uh, whenever we uh, record any live shows, we will do it there. Um, today, we're, we're recording this on the 27th of April. Tomorrow is the 28th. Jedi uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor comes out tomorrow. I have sort of talked myself into trying to stream that entire game, so we'll see if I, I – I will probably start streaming that at some point. But Of course, by the time this comes out, it's going to be late, but you can always go back and, and check the page for any VODs and, and keep an eye out for the next time. It's going gonna, gonna to take me probably more than a weekend to get through that game, so keep an eye out for any future Jedi Survivor streams or if I stream anything else randomly. Uh, I will also do it there. Uh, but that's it. On behalf of Andy, Ian, Josh, and myself, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.